to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield, and I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at VetTeamTraining.com. Today, I want to talk about toxicity in the hospital environment. It seems like it's ever-present. In most of our hospitals, we have some level of toxicity. In some of our hospitals, it's rampant. People are leaving. They're constantly negative. There's a lot of bullying and gossiping that is occurring in our hospitals. And what we see a lot of our hospital leaderships do, uh, tolerate it. That is the reality. Now, hospital leadership will complain and they'll talk to people individually. A lot of times, even maybe they'll have a group meeting and they'll say, hey, everyone, there's a lot of negativity. I know we're really tired. I know we're really burned out. They'll acknowledge that there are some systemic problems in their hospitals. And then the team will say, yeah, we want to get better. And the hospital leadership will say, okay, well, we're really going to put forth an effort to focus on mindset or well-being. And the team for about a week feels really good. The most common thing that you'll hear from leadership is hang in there, keep doing what you're doing. Things are going to improve. What the hell does that even mean? Things are going to improve. Who's going to improve them unless the entire team decides to work on it? The fact is no one's doing enough. The fact is it's time to fix things. We need to start dealing with the toxicity in our hospital. Your team is broken. You need to stop complaining and actually do something about it. So I like to have what I call coming to conversations. There are really four key components into changing your toxic team. The first is communication. The second is develop a plan. Third is reinforce a plan. And the fourth one is make the hard decisions when necessary. Let's start with a very important thing that you all need to know. It is not going to change overnight. It's not going to change in a week. It's not going to even change in a couple months. It will probably take at least six months, if not longer, to change the culture of your hospital. That's just a fact. The reality is, is it took a long time to get this toxic. If you opened your hospital doors on day one, your team wasn't miserable. No, you opened your hospital's door, the practice opened, sunshine, rainbows, unicorns, yeah, 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 we got this. That was amazing. It took years to get to your current state of just terrible toxicity, negativity, and gossip. And maybe it's only a certain department or maybe it's just a certain individual. Whatever it is, these tools and tips are going to help you. But the first thing that you're going to do is acknowledge it's going to take some time to fix the shit that's broken. It just doesn't heal itself in an overnight period. I need you to write down your plan. This is where a lot of leaders fail is they have no idea how they're going to actually manage the toxicity, the negativity, the burnout of one individual, whatever it is, they have zero plan in place and they just free ball it. That is the reality of most hospitals. It's like, we're gonna talk about it at a meeting, we're gonna introduce a yoga class and then that should solve everyone's problems. No, first and foremost, we need to come up with a plan. And my first part of that plan is always communication. What is broken in your hospital? This is really important to figure that out. Unfortunately, a lot of leadership, do, they don't want to dive down the rabbit hole of figuring out what's broken and actually asking employees. It's scary to ask employees because the minute you ask employees at a meeting, hey, what's going on in our hospitals? Can you tell me everything you dislike? Oh my gosh, you'll be there for like three years as they vent. All right, so first, we have to recognize that some of you on this actual podcast are in leadership and you're the problem. You're the problem. You're the toxicity. You're the negativity. You're the bullier. Whatever it is, you're the micromanager. Whatever it is, you might be part of the problem. In fact, 
We as leaders have to recognize that the majority of us play some role in the negative cultural environments that are currently inside of our hospitals. You cannot help your team if you are broken yourself. So you need to change your mindset. If you're finding yourself complaining about the hospital team, and here's what I hear a lot of leadership doing. It's like I'm babysitting kids. I didn't sign up to be a babysitter. Why can't they just grow up and knock this crap off? If you are in that mindset, then you're not in the mindset of helping through caring, love, and compassion. And unless you're in ready for that care, love, and compassion part of it, you also are going to set up the team for failure. So if you're burned out, if you're angry, if you're bitter and resentful of this hospital culture that you currently have, but you don't see any value in the hospital itself, well then one, you need to fix that mindset before you actually start diving into your actual hospital team. Lying down and giving up hope, which some of you have done, is not gonna help this team. So you need to get up and start punching if you wanna win the toxicity battle within that hospital. All right, so now we are gonna ask the team what's wrong with the hospital from their perspective. I know a lot of you just like cringed and are terrified and you're like, wait a minute. I can't just ask the team at a meeting, what's wrong with this hospital? We're never gonna end. I want you to set some expectation and here are the ground rules. I actually have an entire podcast on meetings. Meetings are mandatory, don't get me started. Meetings are part of the job. You can't just you know, expect people to change an entire team or culture if they don't actually show up for meetings. For those of you who are struggling with getting people to meetings, I'll put a link in the word part of this, the description of this, to go check out why meetings are mandatory and how to get people to the table. Number one, you're gonna keep this meeting to one hour and one hour only. Number two, you are going to set expectation. You are gonna set expectations by starting off the meeting with something like this. Who agrees this team is broken and wants it to be a happier and healthier team? This is meeting is the start of that and I need everyone to help improve the hospital. But in order to improve this hospital, I need to hear from you about what is broken. The other ground rules, everyone's gonna have one to two minutes to go ahead and list out one, no more than two things that they would like to see improved. Alternately, you can have individuals write things down on pieces of paper, but I like to be very transparent. If you feel like your group is shy and that writing things down on a piece of paper is gonna be better received than actually verbalizing it, that's fine but you're gonna collect those pieces of paper after an allotted time, and you are gonna read those actual things out loud to everyone. We have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable things that exist currently in our hospital. When we do anonymous surveys, when we just survey the group one, it's usually a really poor rate of return, to be honest. The employees think it's a joke. When we hold a meeting face-to-face, -face, we care deeply about them. We can see their expressions, we can see their emotions. For those individuals who can't make it to the meeting uh, in person, well then there's a Zoom link or a Teams invite or a Google Meet or whatever it is, we have a digital option. They need to be part of that and we have to make sure that we ask for their opinion as well. We also wanna educate people on focusing on facts, not emotions. We recognize and call that out. Say, I know a lot of you are upset about a lot of things, but I, what I want you to do is tailor down to what the actual issue is, leave the emotions out of it because I'm trying to drive into what is actually the problem. And then hopefully we can fix all the ungood feelings that I don't even think that's a word, ungood, but you know what I'm saying, the bad feelings, that's what that is, the bad feelings that you have, we're gonna fix those. 
We also need to recognize that we need the team's help in order to actually make the process work. So acknowledge that. I need your help. I can't do this alone. I have some ideas, but you guys have other great ideas. So once we figure out what's broken, I'm going to need your help to fix it. We also will not tolerate unprofessional language. Anybody who starts screaming, verbally assaulting, cursing, or any of those things can be asked to leave. If they feel that their blood is boiling, if they feel like they're getting angry, they're welcome to leave at any time, collect themselves, and come back with a better mindset. And then lastly, the meeting will end on time. This is our promise to them. Like, look, this is not going to be fun, but we're going to end the meeting on time. So go ahead and go around the room and set the tone. After you've already kind of laid out in under five minutes or less, this is why we're here. I want to hear from you. Every time someone has a criticism, the only thing you're allowed to say is, thank you so much for sharing. I'll definitely have to think about that. And some of those criticisms may be against you the supervisor, the manager, or the leader. We need to collect this information and we need to hear from our employees that we care about them and that we want their honest feedback. I don't want them to lie. We can't fix things if they're going to lie to us. And for some of our hospitals, unfortunately, we are leading with fear and they may not be truthful because they're afraid of retaliation or being written up. I want to be very clear. You cannot write them up. You cannot retaliate against them. If you are thinking about doing that, if you feel like these people are the problem, then you're not in the right leadership mindset. You probably need to, again, reshape your mindset and come from a place of helping, kindness, and love in order to change a team's culture. So once we set the ground rules, usually it's crickets. So I will say, I'm going to go first. One thing I want to see in this hospital is less bullying and less gossip. And then I point to the next person and say, I know this is very weird and it's very scary, but I want to give, I want you to go ahead and give me one to two things that you want to see gone out of this hospital or improved upon. Go. And if they don't have anything, you say, okay, I'm going to come back to you. Everybody at this table, everybody on the Zoom call, no matter where you are, I want you to give me these one to two things. I want you to write down every single thing. And again, every single time someone speaks, thank you so much. I really need to think about what you said. Thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable. It's a lot to ask of your employees to give you give the, you their truths. Giving their leader their truth is scary. So we need to thank them and acknowledge that for them. At the end of this, what I want is a verbal agreement for the entire team. Say, hey guys, thank you so much for sharing. I know that was weird and this is a kind of not a normal meeting for us and I just really wanna thank you for coming together. I want you to, before you leave this meeting, to kind of have a verbal agreement. What I hear you saying is that you want a healthier and happier hospital. Can we all agree to that? Who here wants a healthier and happier workplace environment? Hopefully they're all gonna say yes. This is a really important part of this meeting is we want a verbal agreement from everybody and make sure you make it fun. Like, can we agree to this? Because this is the start of that. And then I want you to tell them what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next is you're going to take all their feedback. You're going to discuss it with other leaders and you're going to pull just one or two things out that you as a hospital are going to commit to changing. You can acknowledge and say, there's a lot of stuff here. We can't fix all of this overnight, but what we are going to do is think about this, come back to all of you and tell you our plan and also want to hear from you on some ideas. 
This is really important that you go ahead and tell them the next steps. Usually it might be in a couple weeks you're gonna come back to them, but you do need to come back to them. So now you're gonna take all these ideas, even if it said things like, you know, somebody said, I don't think you listen to us and you don't care about us as our manager. Woo, that's harsh, right? Thank you so much for sharing. I know that was probably very hard for you to say, so thank you for your vulnerability. In those moments, we come back and we start looking at trends. You know, the one-offs here and there, probably wouldn't worry about. But if people are complaining about pay, if people are complaining about their schedule, if people are complaining about the clients, if people are complaining about you over and over, well then those are the things we've got to fix. And typically it is things like more money, better benefits, reduced caseload, uh, need more staff, reduction in gossip and negativity, feeling valued and respected and having those nicer clients. I probably hit the nail on the head with most of the issues that your employees would say are problems in your hospitals. So let's talk about that. Let's just say we wanna go ahead and tackle uh, how do we get nicer clients and how can we tackle better benefits? All right, those are the two things that we have agreed because we can't figure out all those things. But as leaders, and we're gonna get to those other things, don't get, don't think you're getting off the hook, people. You gotta still deal with the other things, but these are the two things we're gonna start with. One of the ways that leadership fails is they tackle all the issues. They tackle all the issues in like one meeting or two meetings, and then they feel like all their work is done, and that's not how this works. So I'd rather you dedicate a lot of time to one or two problems and solve those problems, truly solve them, and then move on to the others. So let's just say again, nicer clients. We'll pick on that because that one, that one is definitely a really hard one for sure. So as far as nicer clients go, let's tackle that and figure out how can we create a plan? Have we provided education to our client service representatives on how to manage angry clients? I guarantee you, you have not. Uh, this is a problem in most veterinary hospitals that the front desk are wonderful people who love animals and they come into this industry and we throw them up to the front desk with little to no training, except for here's how you answer a phone and Godspeed, my friend. <laughs> have you talked to them on how to manage someone with psychosis? Have you talked to them on managing someone with bipolar disorders? Have you talked to someone who's managing uh, who, how to manage someone who's threatening verbal violence against the hospital. No, you haven't done those things. So step one is, have we given the tools and resources to our employees on how to even manage clients? Probably not. So how do we do that? What does that look like? Can we purchase online products that already exist in terms of the form of continuing education? Can we bring in maybe a communication expert so that we can have a few hours of continuing education on communication? Can we have them read books like, you know, that are focused on better communication skills like Radical Candor, for example. It's a great book. I encourage everybody probably in the world to read it. But what can we do in terms of creating content for our team so that they can manage clients better because we haven't set them up for success? And what about it from a client perspective? What are we doing to educate our clients on how hard our veterinary teams are working? For some, I've seen signs that say we don't tolerate, you know, abuse to our staff. Great. Do we need to put that sign up or will it not resonate with our clients? Whatever that looks like in your hospital, have we actually educated clients? Do we support our team when someone acts a fool to our you know, client server representative or speaks out of tone to a veterinary technician or nurse? How do we support that and what does that look like? Does the conversation with the client occur behind closed doors and then we never follow up with our employees to tell them like, look, I got your back. 
Have we given permission to our teams to speak up for themselves? I guarantee you some of our teams are frightened and they're afraid that if they say, you can't talk to me like that, they're afraid their boss is going to yell back at them for saying that. All of our teams should feel empowered to say to a client who's verbally assaulting them, we should be educating our teams to say, excuse me, you're not allowed to speak to me like that. I'm going to ask you to leave if you continue that, that behavior. But unfortunately, our client service representatives are not educated to do that, and nor are they empowered to do so. They're afraid that their boss is going to tell them they can't say those things. And so they allow the client to continue to verbally assault them, and they take it. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Oh, yes, I understand. Oh, I'm so sorry that you're going to sue us. Like, are you serious? We have not provided anything to our staff, and we haven't even allowed them or given permission for them to stand up for themselves. So we have to check ourselves when our teams are saying, I want nicer clients. Well, what does that look like? And then what is our policy on our clients? When do we break up with someone? We all need to fire clients at some point. We need to talk about all of these issues as a leadership team and then come back to the table. So when we're looking at negativity and toxicity, that's just one example of how to deal with negative clients. Well, now I want you to think about it on when someone says, I don't feel valued or respected. Okay, let's go down that rabbit hole. Let's figure out a plan for dealing with that. Why don't, why don't they feel valued and respected? And what can we do to resolve that issue? Every single thing that someone says is an issue in your hospital, there is probably some semblance of a solution for it. You need to create that solution for every single one of these items. Every single item that someone complains about in your hospital, sit down, analyze it. You're all data-driven individuals. <laughs> analyze it and then figure it out. Now that you have that plan, you need to go back to the team. You need to say, listen, I know that you put in there that you want to be paid more. We will work on that, but that's probably a bigger project. What we have decided to pick up on for the first thing, nicer clients and better benefits. And here is our plan for that. We've actually started reaching out to other health insurance companies and really diving into better benefits. We've also actually hired someone from HR to come in and review our current comps analysis and see what's our compensation package for our benefits look like and if we're missing something. Can we change that? So I want you guys to know that that's our step in, in managing benefits. As far as nicer clients, yeah, you know what? We've realized that maybe we haven't done due diligence on helping you manage angry or you know disgruntled clients. And here's our steps for that. Now I want you to pause. You don't have all the answers. I want you to ask your team at this meeting, what do you think about those plans? Is there something that we're missing? Do you think that this would be effective? How else can we help you in dealing with our clients and also managing our clients? How can we help you with better benefits besides what we already outlined? So I want you to get them excited about it. This plan is a plan because you listened to what they wanted changed and now you develop the steps out. And maybe during that meeting, they have other steps that need to be included in that plan. And now I want you to have them recommit to the desire to change and say, all right, so on our end, we're doing this. So I need you to also commit to being in a better mindset, being in a better place out there because we're going to constantly poke at these things one item at a next. Let's work on this for the next couple months and then here's what we want to tackle next in the future. Get them excited about those things. 
Now I want you to reinforce the behavior. Your plan's going to become derailed. Habits are routine. And the habit of every day coming in, the first thing in the morning, walking into the hospital going, oh, I don't even know why I'm here. That's a hard habit to break. They've been doing that for years. Breaking of their bad habits is going to be difficult. When your plan derails, I want you to go back to the basics. Maybe have, again, hyper-communicate everything. But just don't give up. Don't be like, oh, well, we can't change it. Look at what happened. Remind the team that we're all on the same mission. We're all on the same party bus trying to get to happiness. And we want to try again. What can you do to make it fun, right? For, you know, client interaction that goes well, then maybe we can place a token in the jar. If I had managed through a difficult client conversation, just put a token in a jar. And when the, the team gets to 50 tokens, then reward them. But reward them in something other than pizza or donuts. Like that stuff's ridiculous and it's archaic at this point. Reward them with an extra PTO day. Why not? Why can't you give away an extra PTO day? I mean, right now, we're all doing pretty well in veterinary medicine financially. Give them an extra PTO day. Let them have an extra PTO day in their bank. They just managed 50 difficult clients as a team. Somebody should reward them with something more than pizza. This is really important. Have fun with the change that you're doing uh, by doing something fun, catchy, cool, memorable, whatever it is. Um, you know, I love this. I saw something called Undercover Unicorn. This is a, obviously I'm biased to that. It says unicorn, it's Undercover Unicorn. And this is where leaders got to know about every single team member through a survey. And then they became the Undercover Unicorn. And in the moment of this person doing something spectacular, they did something on their list. Like they found out what their favorite food was and then the favorite food would appear. Or they found out what they really like. Maybe they love to read and all of a sudden, you know, a gift card to, you know, Amazon, Kindle or whatever showed up. Whatever it is, we became the unicorn giving back to the people. I just think that's really fun. Uh, reinforce the plan with fun. I can't stress that enough. And then we have to tackle those next items. As far as cultural-based items, because obviously when we're dealing with negativity and the gossip and the bullying, a lot of that is changed through educating people on emotional intelligence, reframing, assuming good intention, uh, managing transitions, managing stress, managing why negativity is bad and positivity is good, how, managing how to reshape your mindset. You have to educate people on that. This is the same tools and resources that we're going to educate them on how to deal with clients. We're going to educate them on how to deal with their emotions. You can do that as a hospital leadership. So when people say, I don't want gossiping, okay, well, first of all, why are they gossiping? And second of all, let's educate them on why it's bad. Have you done that? Probably not. And then we're going to reinforce, 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 but we're going to have a lot of meetings all focused on this one goal of getting better, healthier, and happier. And the last thing is sometimes you got to make some hard decisions. There are people who are on your bus who are sitting in the back of the bus and they're freaking miserable. Everyone else is like, we're going, we're on a party bus. And the back people are like, this sucks. This party is going to be terrible. I don't even know why we got on this bus. Some members of your team, they are not going to want to change. Perhaps they want to, but they're honestly in their own way. That is the reality. Uh, they're stuck in the old ways and they're just like, well, this place is never going to change. We've tried things in the past. It's never going to change. Have a meeting with them. Have countless meetings with them. Be empathetic. Listen to them. Why are they struggling with this? How can you help them? 
provide them the tools and the resources and coach them. Maybe there's something going on in their personal life. Don't assume you know everything about this particular individual. In the end, one fact remains. People cannot be changed by others. People can only be changed by themselves. And no one can make them change, and that includes not even you. They may not want to be on the bus. If that's the case, stop the bus, and they leave. But make sure you've done due diligence. You have provided coaching. You have documented everything. You have exact, tangible things that you want them to accomplish, and if they have failed to do so time and time again, then maybe we go ahead and we part ways with them. A lot of times these individuals realize that they're not ready for this change and they're also not on board with this hospital and they're ready also for that change. As far as time, remember, it takes time. So stop being impatient. You know, it doesn't gonna, it's not gonna change overnight. Your team isn't gonna read one book on how to manage difficult clients and then suddenly become perfect at it. Your team isn't going to sign off on a no gossip commitment plan and then just stop gossiping. Those things aren't going to happen. So you have to recognize that when leaders are looking for a quick fix, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. You have to recognize you have to put in the hard work. It is a marathon. It might even be an ultra marathon. Your team's quite broken, so it's going to take a lot of work. And you have to rebuild the trust. You have to grow the relationships. And you have to literally spend time kicking out the toxicity. Be methodical in your plan when you're trying to change your team's environment. Write it down. Come up with goals. Go back and reevaluate it. Put benchmarks in there, put timelines in there. Most of the issues that occur and the reasons why they never get fixed is because it's a one and done. We've done a yoga session. We told people just be nicer to each other and we assume that they're going to do that. What are the steps that they need to take in order to be nicer? What does nicer look like? Get data driven in your plan and then talk to the entire team about the plan. Keep at it, be consistent, and have a it will change attitude. Get them excited about it. The other last thing that I will say that you can try is certainly create a mission, vision, and value statement. Those are both fun to do and painstakingly horrible to do. But you also as a hospital need to have who you are as a hospital. What is your mission and vision? What are your values? And that is the thing that you place a stake in. Everything that you do as your hospital needs to be focused and centered around those three things. If you don't have those, you need them in your hospital because that's going to ground your team around that. When you say, we want to be the best, most affordable general practice for our community, that's your mission. All right, great. Then everything that you do is centered around that. If you say respect is one of your values in your hospital, well then what does that look like? What does respect mean in your hospital? How can we educate people about being respectful? And how do we know that it's not being followed? We have to make sure we outline and educate our teams on every single part of our mission and vision and values. Because a lot of times they get created and then we just leave them, put them in a drawer and they collect dust. This is what our team should get excited about. We work at X, Y, and Z hospital practice because they believe in trust. They believe in caring for each other. They believe in friendships. Whatever it is that you place value in, that needs to be there in writing. And then we remind the team and remind the team. Every single time we come together, it's never a bad idea to review these things with our teams because that's what creates culture. 
Thank you so much for listening. I know that for a lot of you, changing hospital team culture is a thing that you're currently working on. I hope that this helps help you drive a plan and actually get it done. I know it can be done. I know there's sometimes gonna be some very difficult situations and decisions that need to take place, but I know each of you has the ability of truly changing your entire team's culture. Thank you for all that you do. Keep on being a unicorn and please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com.